Warning, the following content occasionally contains adult themes and language, which is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Cinematic Rewind. Today, this is our episode about 2020, about everything that was released in 2020 regarding film, TV shows, technology. So without further ado, Cookie and Regent, thank you very much for joining me for another episode. Ready to get it over with. (laughs) Let's get this burned in the dust and moving forward. Yeah, let's go. Let's get 2020 out of our minds and into 2021. So to start off, let's talk about the technologies that have come out in 2020. And one in particular, I do have a question for you is, what do you know about micro LED TVs? Man, okay. So basically micro LEDs are just, imagine the electronic billboard, but in a much smaller, more consumer level of TVs. So basically... Consumer electronics are aiming to make televisions that can have over 15,000 to 25,000 zones to cover a real estate TV from 55 inches all the way up to like 100 plus, depending on the tier of TV. This is their second year of having micro LED TVs, but this is the first year where they're actually going to make an attempt to really start pushing more models out to the public instead of making the consumers go and try to find it. And that was something I was researching earlier is where they're trying to take TVs in the future and how they're trying to develop them to make them better. Because we're currently at the state of OLEDs or OLEDs, as some people call them, and people started talking about micro LEDs. And so it inspired me to go into it. And it looks as though a lot of companies aren't exactly going in the direction of micro LEDs, but rather quantum dot OLEDs. Is that something you would know about? So basically, what they're trying to accomplish is, so OLEDs, for anyone who do, who's not familiar, they are an organic light-emitting diode. So their goal is to focus on pitch-a-perfect black, and then everything else falls into place afterwards. With using quantum dots, now they're going to try to achieve the brighter colors to respect your more neonic and vibrant colors, but also maintain their pitch-a-perfect black. So for companies to try to do something like that, that's, oh my gosh, going on 10 years now mm-hmm. that they're going to try to do that because that's been a big flaw for all leds is first and foremost pitch a perfect black you can't go wrong with that the better the contrast the better the accuracy on the tv is going to be you need to have some bright colors when they're called for it you have to have more lively colors when they call for it and oleds no matter what settings you set them up and program at they can create some bright colors but it's not like the lively vibrant poppy colors that other competitors like samsung even with tcl using nano leds and micro leds to try to catch up to that mm-hmm. so that this is a long time coming and a lot of people are genuinely excited for that once again this is from the showcase from ces until it's in person we can actually see it in, in performance i have to keep my comments on reserve until i actually see it in person myself Right. And I heard this technology really saw big boom in 2020, and we're expected to actually see some of these models, or at least prototypes, being shown at shows in 2021. To see technology advancing like this, especially towards the entertainment world, is rather exciting because usually you only get this type of video fidelity in your upper end theaters or 
your super expensive home theaters for maybe over 50 grand. But now it's going to be more on a consumer level, at least it seems like that is what they're heading towards. So this whole advancement in technologies and the quantification and just putting more necessity in TVs really just stems from then the day that they're trying to be a modern day movie theater in your home. So a lot of TV companies like LG, Sony, and Samsung, respectively, have been diligently with their research and development, or R&D for short, looking to producing TVs to try to give the theater experience without having to go back to the movie theaters or for those who are willing to spend between five, ten, fifteen, twenty-five thousand dollars for a home theater projector and screen setup. Within the last couple of years, Sony and Samsung respectively each had TVs out that did that. Um, LG just got into it last year, but you're talking like ten, thirty, sixty thousand dollar base TVs, which is the same as a mid-level to high-end projector and screen would be. Now, granted, for high-end, when I say high-end for five thousand dollars, that is the tip of the iceberg. Like we and my company have projectors that are easily fifteen, twenty-five, up to fifty thousand dollars worth. We actually had a customer in my particular location, oh my god, right before the holidays began, he bought a twenty thousand dollar projector and a five thousand dollar screen to be installed. This guy does not at any point in time want to go back to a movie theater or buy a TV by design, but that's what TVs are trying to do. They're trying to get those type of customers away from having the theater aspect and just have a giant screen TV on the wall. Samsung has gone as far as making a 219-inch TV literally called The Wall to replace a movie theater screen in cinemas. One of two places you can find it right now is in the Samsung movie theater in California. The other one, you have to go up to like Boston, Massachusetts to one of their expos to find it on display. Speaking of, you know, theaters also making advances, they started last year in 2019, and this year, a theater nearby me did produce a theater that had a full LED screen. I'm not sure if it's been released to open public to where you can go and actually view things on this screen, but for a full LED screen in a theater to be used is very exciting to see that we're going to see improvements in your local theaters and not just your IMAX theaters as far as picture quality goes. So 2020, as bad of a year as it was, it seems like they made a lot of technological advances in your either home theater or theater world in general. That's the end game because they realized that, hey, you can't go to movie theaters back then at that point in time. You couldn't be in a tight space with so many people. So they started putting out these TVs for people to get into to have in their home. So they're basically like they know that, hey, you're staying at home. We got this TV for you that's going to do the trick. It's going to cost you this, this much money. Do you want it or not is the question. Right. On the topic of staying at home, the most profitable market in the current moment for at-home entertainment is the video game industry. And this year, we did see the release of four new consoles, the Xbox Series S, the Xbox Series X, the PlayStation 5, and the PlayStation 5 Digital. Have you personally gotten to feel what these stock shortages feel like in the retail world? Those new consoles are strictly online for online ordering. If anyone knows from history, from when consoles first came out, PlayStation 2, 3, Xbox, the 1, 360, all that, how many people got visibly and physically violent with one another because of trying to get something immediately the day of launch. This time around, it goes from people being jumped outside in the parking lot and being shot to who can click on pay now faster than the other. Unless you're using a software to for your own gain for profiting, then passively shame on you, but also smart business. Like, game recognizes game. When it comes to the consoles, one of my colleagues who actually is employed via Sony was able to get his hands on a console. Now, he and my Microsoft slash Xbox vendor don't get 
you know, they don't get dibs, they don't get first cracks and none of it. When it comes to new console products, they're treated as you and I and anyone else in the market. So when he got his PlayStation 5, he bravely brought it into our store and set it up in our home theater area for about half a day for us to try out and play some of the newest games on PS5 to get the actual feel and the power of the set console. Now, personally, with myself, I would like to own the Series X, but that's because I'm an Xbox person, nothing against PlayStation, but PlayStations, I have the least amount of time in my collections next to the PlayStation 2, and then Nintendo's right behind them. But in terms of the console demands, it's absolutely frustrating because we would love to have them in store for customers or the bots that are out there buying all this stuff and the resellers and so forth, or scalpers, whichever you want to label them as. Uh, which I don't recommend labeling, but that's the categories they fall into. Personally, I would like to see a higher influx and demand of consoles available for us to purchase. That way everyone could be happy with what they own versus playing the round robin of, do I have to wait till this day? Do I have to keep checking in stores? Like personal experiences, I have customers coming into my store literally once a week asking me if we got any more consoles in. And I have to keep expressing to them that it's online only, even with having giant signage outside our property saying online only. Mm-hmm. It is a profitable but very rough market right now. Yeah, personally, I did get my hands on the Xbox Series S just due to the fact of Xbox, I believe, announced on Twitter they're having troubles keeping up with demands. And as soon as an Xbox Series X comes out, they're just gone within minutes. I know personally, I did get to actually get an Xbox Series X into my Amazon cart. And by the time I was finished checkout, the one I had in my cart had apparently sold, which was an incredibly frustrating experience. I was able to cop a Series S by sitting on Twitter page of Xbox restocks and just refreshing every like 20 minutes. I was doing this at work and I saw that Target had stocked two days ago and I'm like, there's no way my Target actually got one. And so I checked and said I was stock, refreshed the page a couple of times and it said that they had two in the store so i was able to go and pick one up but just to show how fearful companies are about the people who actually purchase these when i went to pick it up the dude carried it very carefully to the counter and he's like here let me put this in a very thick bag so no one sees what you have and then he's like on second thought would you like an employee to walk out to your car with you while you carry this to your car it's ridiculous that people are getting this defensive and this aggressive over these consoles that employees of stores are literally worried for their customers yeah i'd like to share a controversial opinion so you know hearing both sides i i'm not pursuing either one right now i've, I've been very happy I upgraded to 4k this year myself so you know the ps4 pro so it's like i'm not necessarily like looking for the next consoles but you know i've kept an eye on with everything and the way i feel is i'm on the sony and microsoft side i know for a lot of the consoles or i should say a lot of the pieces within the console some parts are so delicate that they actually have to hand put them in there and Mm -hmm. not only because of the quarantine that definitely did a lot of damage on the timeline now you could also argue that maybe respectfully they could have waited till after the holidays it's one of those challenging things because it's like they're probably going to make their most money for the holidays but they're going to also be in short supply. But to me, it comes down to people are responsible for themselves. Them releasing consoles, I don't put it on like it's their fault because they didn't know if they were going to sell 5 million versus 15 million. Like that's not an easy question to ask a company Mm -hmm. to produce. You don't know. I mean, people were out of work. I think that was kind of the funny things about, and not to say it was funny that people was out of work, but it was kind of a joke around some of the scenes was like, where are people getting the money for this if people didn't have, have work? You know what I mean? I mean, like, 
Like people are spending almost a thousand dollars on these things, you know, games, accessories, and the consoles, but yet money was tight for people or people didn't make much money throughout the year. So it was one of those things where it's like when you're producing this in the beginning of the year, because just imagine they had to produce this probably about mid-year, something like that, to make sure everything was fully done. So they had to project half a year to almost a year of what sales they were gonna make, you know, with an industry that we just didn't know what was gonna be happening. I say all that to say that I really I'm I'm on the side of people as individuals, as customers should take responsibility for their actions and not necessarily it's the fault of the company for not making enough. Yeah, no, and I, I totally understand that. And I'm with you on that. I was reading something on Twitter where the head of Microsoft literally reached out to AMD, which I believe makes some of the parts for the Xbox Series X. They were asking, how can we make these? I, I believe it's the processor. How can we make these faster? If I'm wrong, feel free to correct me on any of the socials. But he was asking, how can we make these faster? How can we make these parts faster? And what can we do to speed the process up? They're doing everything they can. They're reaching out to all the companies who are making these parts for these consoles. If you are a customer who hasn't purchased one or hasn't been able to get your hands on one, just know Microsoft and Sony are working very hard to get these consoles out as fast as possible. I believe Sony moved their production from China to Japan as well. So they don't just have one place making them. They have more than one. So they are trying to get these consoles out as fast as they can. If you haven't got one, just hang tight. They'll be out soon. So to chime in on that, AMD with Xbox and PlayStation makes the graphics cards for the consoles. When you see a television or a console or the monitor, say FreeSync, that is an AMD property. Like the Xbox with the, ser- the One S, the One X, Series S and X are going to be banking on FreeSync and so is PlayStation. G-Sync is strictly a computer-based graphic software programming. So that is their big partner because of the display output. So it's for them to help process what the processor and the games want architecturally with the software to demand that game and frame rate and clarity and put that out onto a display. So that's why NDS a lot of pressure right now but to back a little bit to what Cookie said a moment ago about the whole supply and demand, I can agree with that but I can also still passively point the finger at both PlayStation and Microsoft because they were telling people time and time again, oh, we have enough we have enough production, we have enough products we will take care of people with the combination of bots, resellers, and genuine people who want to own the consoles because it's the next console for what it has to offer it's one company versus how many different forms and walks of life and demands that want multiple of these consoles like they knew that was going to come because playstation 4 went through that playstation 3 went through that xbox one went through that like they know this stuff is repetitive history repeats itself they should have one absolutely prepared for it and two they should have just been honest with like no we know there's a lot of man we're not ready to meet that full demand at launch like it's just not going to happen and they should have just said that well, I mean, with the bots, though, I mean, that's an algorithm you can't count for. Like, do you say that's 5%, 10%, 15%? I mean, I saw photos of people, like, showcasing having, like, 40 systems in, like, Instagram photos. So it's like, that's 40 households. So I definitely see what you're saying as well. But it kind of comes down to it just sucks. It's a challenge. But props to the makers for at least finding a way to make more because they're going to make the profit and they're at least trying to be nice instead of just being quiet they at least try to stay active and talking to the community respect for everyone who's waiting patiently definitely good job on that i know it can be frustrating you really wanted this for a considerable amount of time saved up money 2020 has been shitty this might be just the one good thing some people can get but it's definitely just kind of boils down to the the unfortunate thing seems to be 2020 in a nutshell Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm up 2020 (laughs) in one word (laughs) 
unfortunate. <laughs> it's actually really funny to mention that because one of my dear friends, former coworker of mine, she now has moved on to work for the Walt Disney Company. I won't disclose her name out of respect. She, the, this whole year alone, realized the difficulty of 2020. It made her effort to beat bots and scalpers to get consoles for her friends and family who generally wanted the consoles for their households. So she went to bat like online multiple times to get consoles. She was able to snag over a dozen PlayStation 5s for friends, family, neighbors, people who generally won the console as like a gift or like you said a moment ago, like that one thing that would make their year that much better than the crap everyone's been going through. She's doing more good work for people than most neighbors and people around me like this whole past year. So like, I'm very proud of her for doing something like that just to be like, hey, I'm going to use their own game against them, get these products for the right people and do the right thing. I can definitely see where both of you are coming from now to sort of go back at the whole like Xbox, Sony and Microsoft should have known. They did say recently, I believe it was like a month ago, that the sales of the Xbox Series X and S were higher than they ever predicted they would be and they broke record sales. They did predict a certain amount of sales, but I don't think they predicted how well this console would sell, especially with Game Pass and all the features that the Xbox Series S comes with. I don't think they could have met those ex- expectations even if they said they were going to there's no way they could have known how well this was going to perform yeah and i, I don't want to beat this argument into the ground like a dead horse or anything like that but th- that's the whole shoulda woulda coulda mentality from them mm-hmm. they said the same thing about their last consoles they said that about the console before that they know what they're doing they know what they're aiming for so they could have done much more diligence but that is completely on their side of things so hopefully this year the rumors of them up in the ante to actually get more out actually stays genuinely true or they're going to really lose a lot of people to pc and nintendo mm-hmm. i think they might so let's go ahead and move on to the next section what did you guys watch this year what tv shows did you guys watch this year start with you regent personally i basically banked around tiger king because my missus was watching a lot of it and she was like, you need to watch this. It's it's absolutely tired. <laughs> it's like, it's going to boggle your mind. Like with your background, you're going to watch this and be like, how can people honestly get away with doing the things they do? I watch it. I watch one episode and then literally I start watching a second one right after it. And all I know is that I was like, I can't stop watching this. Mm. It's like a car wreck. You see it happen. You try to look away, but you can't. And you keep looking. Right. Tiger King was like a whole phase of a quarantine. It really was. The whole internet was talking about it for a couple weeks there. I personally didn't watch it. If something is being hyped up so much that's all over Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and people are telling about you in person. Usually when I stay away from it for a good hot second, because I don't want to go into it with too much hype and too much expectation and ruin it for myself. So that's something I I still want to watch, but I'm letting it all simmer down before I do so. That's what I was trying to do. I was trying to like wait to like the hype and the, the big colossal wave that that was at that time to come through. I basically got caught when the wave basically broke and I'm like, okay, I just need to watch this now because People won't shut up about it. I was the meme guy. I definitely watched it for the drama. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as everyone, as soon as the meme started, I was like, I got to figure out this and I got to figure out who the fuck is Carol Baskin. (laughs) I got to figure this out. Oh man, you get hooked after the first five minutes. All right. I'll keep that in mind when I watch it. All right, Cookie, what's the TV show you watch this year? 
The Good Place, their final season this year. It's an amazing series on NBC. It's kind of hard to explain it without spoiling it. Pretty much, you know, you can check it out online. The Good Place. Definitely be careful going to YouTube. Put in like The Good Place season one if you haven't watched it. Watch it on Netflix as well. I say that because with it being so fresh, there are like spoiler talks with the last season and so forth. And it can kind of spoil characters and stuff. Either way, though, it was a beautiful wrap up that I I actually did cry. It's a comedy show, but it was such a touching finale that I, I cried my man tears. It was just really special how they ended the series. I have heard a lot about The Good Place, or is it A Good Place or The Good Place? The Good Place. The Good Place? Okay. So I have heard quite a bit about it. I've heard people talk about it on podcasts and on YouTube. It's not as big, I think, as Tiger King hype was. Oh, nowhere near. Is it something definitely to watch? Would you recommend that I watch it? Yeah, I mean, it has great reviews across the board. Some of the writers up there actually wrote on, I believe it was either The Office and or Parks and Rec. They actually pretty much wrote all four seasons from the beginning. So that's how you can definitely tell that it's a handcrafted show that has a lot of like well-balanced, well-good pacing. It's not a long series. It's not like you're watching 20-some episode seasons. So they purposely set it up to be a complete series in four seasons, and it and it feels right. Then I'll definitely have to check it out at some point after all the other things I need to watch. Something I watched this year, TV show-wise, was The Mandalorian Season 2. Oh, boy. What a season. Without spoilers, if you are a fan of the first season, definitely go ahead and watch second season. If you haven't, what are you doing? Go and watch it right now. Wait till the episode's over, then go watch it. If you're a fan of the older Star Wars, meaning the prequels or the originals, but you didn't like the sequels, you will definitely like this. No matter what Star Wars fan you are, please definitely go watch The Mandalorian. Give it a couple episodes. It is definitely worth it. And if you don't like The Mandalorian, just watch the final episode. Tons of good fan service in there no spoilers but go watch the final episode if you aren't interested i haven't watched that yet you haven't watched mandalorian because i'm being cheap you gotta pay for this bus (laughs) that's true yeah i I don't have Disney Plus currently, mostly because I've just been paying for so many other platforms and so forth, pretty much up to what people used to pay for cable TV, it feels like. I think what I'm going to end up doing is just get it for like a month or two and just binge through everything. So I do look forward to seeing The Mandalorian at some point. Nope, totally understandable. Did you guys watch any other shows this year? I did watch Power. actually had its series finale this year. It's a phenomenal show created by 50 Cent. This, this was their sixth season and it had a powerful ending. But it ended up having such a great finale that they actually spun off multiple spinoff shows that's actually already being greenlit and starting very soon. So that's very phenomenal. And another one, which was Supernatural. I don't know if y'all ever watched the series. Yes. CW. Phenomenal series. I loved it. They finally had their series finale. Unfortunately, I do feel like it was kind of forced because of COVID. However, it was also long overdue in my personal opinion, as much as I love the series, but uh, it was definitely a tearjerker inning. It was definitely a limited staff. So for what they had to work with and pretty much from a budget standpoint, they had to do this or they would never be able to do it. They did a great job with what they had to work with. So any fans of the series, I'll definitely say get caught up. It's well worth it to get to the, to the ending and wrap up the series. Regent, you watch anything else this year, TV show wise? I mean, outside of like Tiger King and just, you know, trying to survive with the whole COVID pandemic. I mean, Mrs. and I got into watching Mass Singer. So we got to watch 
the latest season of that and then they just had a second one earlier or later this year that just ended a week before christmas so like we got into two seasons worth of that and then now uh, we've been watching a lot of cooking shows just for giggles and for fun fun shows to pass the time i feel like this year i watched a lot of shows that i either haven't watched before that are like older releases like futurama i did re-watch a typical i watched a tv show called hollywood that was released i think mm-hmm. last year i haven't heard it was of actually really good show it's on netflix alternate 1940s hollywood and it's about a bunch of different people who are trying to make it into hollywood trying to earn their shot and it is a really well written show has a ton of phenomenal actors who are mostly small names there are some larger names in there it's a very good show if you haven't seen hollywood please go check it out it's very good it's a couple episodes long i definitely think a lot of people will enjoy that if they haven't seen it before I did watch The Haunting of Bly Manor, which is the follow-up season to The Haunting on Hill House. I don't know if you guys have watched either of those. It's on my list. I am definitely due to watch it. Same. It is so good. Haunting of Hill House, I wish they did a Blu-ray release. They only have DVD release, but I would love a 4K or a Blu-ray release of that. I would buy it in a heartbeat. That's interesting why they would only do DVD. I feel like we're working our way out of DVDs the next couple of years but. yeah i i didn't quite understand it myself but i do have the dvd copy just so i can have it if netflix ever decides they want to take it off because it's it's definitely worth watching once or twice there's a couple episodes in there with good twists in both seasons not just haunting on hill house but bly manor as well has some good twists if you're a fan of good horror like stephen king even stephen king says this is a work of horror genius. It's endorsed by Stephen King, so go watch it. Great way to start 2021. Indeed, with a horror show. Uh, what kind of movies you watch this year? We were under quarantine, so watching movies was definitely interesting or different. So did either of you make it out to the cinemas to actually go and watch a movie this year? No, unfortunately not. I did not have the opportunity to do so. Gotcha. It's interesting for me to look back through 2020 because the start of the year, I actually didn't watch much things. I was pretty active going to the gym and so forth. And I did go to the theaters at least once, which was to watch Bad Boys for Life, the third movie in the franchise. Well over, I think about over 10 years since the last one, about almost 15 years since the part two. It's a phenomenal movie with uh, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. And I bring up is interesting because after that, once again, I didn't really watch anything, not even movies on streaming. And thanks to the quarantine, that's when I just started watching stuff and picked up from there. So it's pretty interesting how it kind of shifted for me from not watching much, going to the theaters only for one movie to now I'm on the couch watching a ton of TV and movies. But, <laughs> but to answer your question, that was the only movie I got to see in theaters. And I, I loved it. It was phenomenal. Yeah. I only got to watch one movie this year in theaters, and that was Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey movie. It it was okay. You know, it's not the greatest movie out there, but it was a movie in the theaters, so it was at least different. (laughs) I forgot. When did that come out? January. Yep. Pre-COVID, purposefully haven't gone to theaters because of COVID, even though the theater by me is open and you can actually go and watch movies. I've just chosen not to. Although you can go and rent a room that they sanitize before you use it, but it's like 150 bucks. So you'd have to invite a few people if you want to get it back down to the $8 price ticket. So (laughs) (laughs) 
Just a few people, yeah. Just 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 a few people, you know, not not a big deal. Eight dollars, geez. Movies for us is like anywhere from like eleven to fifteen, unless you go on a Tuesday for like an older movie that's about to get removed from theaters for five bucks. Well, yeah, so the reason I'm able to snag those $8 tickets is because I usually try and book my movie before 4 o'clock because at least a theater by me, it does ticket prices differently than other places I've been. If you go before 4, they're $8, but if you go after 4 o'clock, they're $12, and it is just your rinky-dink theater with no IMAX, no Dolby rooms. It's just like a standard ordinary theater with nothing special about it i've become a star if if i'm going to the theaters i go for the comfy seats bring me a beer like so the ticket prices like you said is about 11 to 15 a few other cinemas that are the same way where you have the reclining seats and so forth i i purposely go to a more expensive or pay more per ticket price but that's because i'm kind of making a whole event out of the process mm-hmm. and that's I've treated theaters up to the point of quarantine, which is kind of unfortunate where we're currently at with them. I don't want theaters to go out of business. I mean, I know I love having my little theater set up at home, but I can't afford to replicate the huge screen and the just being able to hear that loud booms, explosions, the 3D sound and stuff like that. Yeah. Speaking of like your upper end theaters, like the closest one to me that is an upper end where you you know you have like the leather seats and the recliners and that they're super clean and perfect dark in there and they have nice screens and nice speakers. It's about like an hour and a half away from where I live. All the theaters near me that aren't that far are like the theater where they barely have a budget to even sell popcorn. Oh, people smoke inside. Indeed. <laughs> Cigarette burns on the chairs. Like, oh, man. Yeah, what's this? Hope someone didn't have sex in here. Oh, gosh. Yeah, they probably did. <laughs> yeah. So I think the nicest theater I've ever been to was actually in Delaware. And the one time I was actually there, business trip and what I went and saw was Deadpool 2 when it was in theaters. No one was going to use that room for the day. So what they did was they ended up like literally I was the only person who bought a ticket that day. So they literally just moved me from one room to their VIP smaller room, which is only like 20 to 30 seats in there. And it's like full leather. You have like a tablet that you can sort of like cover up and you can order food and they'll bring it to you. Alcohol, they'll bring it to you. They'll bring you Cheesecake Factory since it's in the mall right next to it. And it was a full Dolby room, too, like Dolby screen, Dolby Atmos speakers. It was the best theater experience I've ever had. Oh, you're making me miss it. And I paid like $13 for that ticket, even though normally that room apparently is up in like the 30s per ticket. Oh, wow. Which is, you know, not bad, but you also have to rent the room if you're going to use it. Right. So per ticket is 30, but you still have to rent the room on top of that, which is interesting. But yeah, Ooh, I'd love to go back there. <laughs> I wish that was my local theater. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Since we talked about movies that you went and saw in theaters, what movies did you actually get to watch this year from home or otherwise? Start with you, Cookie. Hmm. That's a good question. I didn't watch too many of newly released movies for 2020. When it comes to that conversation, I think The Old Guard definitely watched that, which was I enjoyed that movie. But otherwise, I definitely watch more TV shows that release throughout the year. There's movies I missed that was supposed to release in 2020, which was Fast 9 or F9, the ninth movie in the Fast and Furious installment. Mm-hmm. 
I'm a huge Fast and Furious fan. I, I it's for me, it's tradition to watch all the movies up to the movie. I was already on the path, like, okay, it's coming out in, in April, end of April, yeah, yeah. And then they pushed it back, like, pretty much indefinitely. And then it, it's like, it's going to be a full year from now. That kind of hurt, you know, because I love the series. But, and <laughs> Black Widow, that, that was another one. Oh, but, so sad. Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I did watch Wonder, Wonder Woman recently. So <laughs> to take it year out. That was an interesting movie. We'll, we'll, <laughs> I we'll, actually we'll have an episode on it. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it, it's worth talking about. It's recent enough. But other than that, I, I actually have to say I didn't watch too many of more recent movies that came out. What about you, Regent? Did you watch anything that was released in 2020? Um, unfortunately, I'm in the same boat as Cookie. Like, I spent more time watching TV shows. If it was like a movie, it had to be through a streaming service because I obviously couldn't go out. I've been helping uh, the missus catch up with watching uh, DC movies. So we watched the original Wonder Woman. We watched Aquaman because I have it in 4K. So I played that on my Xbox and we had a movie night. And, I mean, I've seen it, I've seen it before because one of my colleagues plays at work all the time to sell his OLEDs through it. But it's absolutely amazing in 4K. Oh, it definitely is. I do have the 4K copy. Unfortunately, I can't watch any of my 4K Blu-ray movies at the current moment because I just sold my Xbox One X and I wasn't thinking that that was my 4K Blu-ray player when I sold it. And so I'm like, hmm, I want to watch this, but I don't have a disc player at the current moment. So when I get that Series X, I'm watching some 4K movies. Goofed up. Yeah, unfortunately. I did watch a few movies this year that were new releases. I did mention I watched the Harley Quinn movie. I watched The Invisible Man, which... eh, It was okay. It was okay. I watched Onward, the Pixar movie with Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. Oh, Oh, so good. So good. I watched Vivarium with Jesse Eisenberg. That was a very good movie. It almost has Black Mirror vibes. I don't know if you guys have watched that, but... If you haven't watched Black Mirror, watch that, then watch Vivarium. Vivarium almost feels like a another episode of Black Mirror, so if you're waiting for more episodes of that, then go ahead and watch this movie. I watched Eurovision with Will Ferrell, and I gotta say, that's one of the two movies with Will Ferrell's in it that I actually enjoyed. Eurovision? I didn't even think about that. I have to argue with you, because I'm the exact opposite. I'm one of those people that that's one of two movies his I absolutely that did not like it th- almost thoroughly. My favorite part was still, spoilers, there's a scene with Will Ferrell, like a whole bunch of stuff happened. He's trying, like there's a whole comeback arc. There's a scene where, I think you know what I'm going to get at, with the elves. Oh, yes. <laughs> and the slamming of the door. That part I laughed at. at I, I sincerely laughed out loud at. Oh, man. And the rest of the movie, I'm just like, this is semi-pro all over again. Oh, I, I thought it was funny. I love semi pro, so I need to watch this movie. But I didn't even know this release. Where where did it get released? It's a Netflix original movie. With him and Rachel Adams. Yes. Wow. It just it just shocks me with how much I'm on Netflix and it just never popped. Yeah, it surprised me to see Demi Lovato in there. For like the like three minutes she was in. Yes, but still, it's Demi Lovato. Come on. <laughs> I actually watched Hamilton for the first time this year because they released it on Disney Plus. Oh yes, that's you. That was good. I really enjoyed Hamilton. I'm very sad I didn't get to see it live with the OG cast. Hopefully that happens one day. If you, if you have a couple thousand dollars for tickets. <laughs> no. I, like uh, Cookie said, we watched The Old Guard. I watched New Mutants. Moving on. 
I watched uh, Babysitter <laughs> Killer Queen. Moving on. I watched Devil All the Time with Tom Holland and Bill Skarsgård and Sebastian Stan. And what a movie. That was a phenomenal movie. I loved it. It was great. Tom Holland definitely showed that he's not just your Marvel actor where he's Spider-Man and he's a kid who's excited all the time. He really can handle these more dark and serious tones. It was good to see Bill Skarsgård in something other than it where he's covered in clown makeup. So that was good. I watched Enola Holmes. I believe stars Henry Cavill, Millie Bobby Brown. That was surprisingly very good. I had I went into it with very low expectations, but Millie Bobby Brown does a very good job in this role. I didn't feel too over the top. It felt very well balanced. Good movie. I mean, so did the Holmes estate. They went out with low expectations. On, on that subject of Holmes, two things real quick. It reminds me, anytime I see that, it reminds me of how much I miss the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes films. There was talk of that this year with Robert reportedly wanting Johnny Depp in those movies. Oh, man. I would love, Oh, that's going to be phenomenal if you can show up for a third one. That would be Robert Johnny Depp in a third movie. I'll watch that. Please release soon. The other one is Benedict Cumberbatch. Ah, Sherlock. His, uh, yeah, Sherlock. Like, yeah, that one. That one's so I, good. I appreciate just the amount of effort and quality they put into that, that I don't even care if it takes another five years before they ever revisit to make another season. I'm fine with that. Like, that's a series to me that can go on forever. Mm-hmm. They can just take their time with it. Yes, please give us more Benedict Cumberbatch. I know he's a rather busy boy with Marvel. He's going to be in the WandaVision show that releases January 15th. He's in the new Spider-Man movie. He's in Doctor Strange. I believe he's in another Marvel title coming out again, I believe, this year. I'm not exactly sure which one. But he has like five Marvel projects he's going to be involved with this year alone, not counting all of his other work that he's doing this year. Well, Doctor Strange, the Mad Universe got bumped back to 2022. Did it really? Yes. Oh, yeah. It got bumped back a year. Yep. Disappointment settles in. Let's go. But not to go on a whole tangent, but since we brought it up, I'm crazy excited on what that's supposed to be. Like him being in all those, there's something that's going to be a new arc. And it could be the multiverse. I mean, there there could be all sorts of stuff that could be the overarching thing, but there's no doubt that's why he's Mm -hmm. part of it, is that he's going to be part of the key. Yep. I believe the start of that arc is WandaVision, which releases on January 15th. I'm very excited about that. And it will continue into Spider-Man, which I don't know how much you've heard about this new film, but Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are supposedly in talks to be in this film. I know for sure, spoiler warning, and this is not plot, but it's more of just casting. The The guy who played Doc Ock for sure got casted. Yes, he got confirmed. Jamie Foxx, who played Electro in Amazing Spider-Man 2, has mm-hmm. been confirmed for this movie as well. And he said reportedly, this time I won't be blue. So I think the multiverse is safely confirmed is a thing. That is going to happen in this Spider-Man movie. Apparently, Charlie Cox, who was Daredevil in the Netflix Daredevil show, is apparently in this movie as well. We're about to have a very busy, fantastic Spider-Man movie to watch, and I could not be more hyped. We shall see. The final movie I watched of 2020 was Disney's Pixar's Soul. Did either of you get a chance to watch that? Yep, around Christmas Day. Same here. Nope, haven't watched it yet. Oh, Do you like Pixar movies? 
Do you like Do you like Jamie Foxx? I, I love Jamie Foxx. I like more of his old older stuff, but no, I mean, I'm going to watch it at some point. I'll watch all the Pixar's, but it's kind of one of those things where it's like low on my to-do list. I'll get to it at some point. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie. I would definitely recommend it. That is all of my movies wrapped up for this year. Do you guys have like a list of movies or shows you watched this year that you want to rattle off or recommend or give a stay away warning? I mean, I watched Great British Bake Off because I'm a foodie at heart. I mean, if it's a food cooking show, I'm going to watch it like that, nailed it, things like that. Hell's Kitchen came back on my birthday, so I was like, yep, going to watch this now to kick off the year. Yeah. It, I also love Gordon Ramsay's just belligerentness towards people who don't understand the food industry. Not many shows I would stay away from. I would say stay away from Tiger King if you're going to go if you're going to go into the show with a with a like logical mind presence stay away because it's just going to try to break it because of just of all the absurdity that goes on and that somehow is allowed between multiple states but if you go with an open mind and just or just know it's going to be a dumpster fire from the get go it's pure entertainment is what it is pure entertainment she killed her husband she absolutely knows it and she's going to get her comeuffins and it's going to happen it's a lot more to it, but yeah. Yeah. Do you watch anything cookie for either a highly recommend or stay away warning? Yeah. So I follow a bunch of different shows, especially on Netflix or, you know, things that get released on Netflix, I should say. Some standouts for me was Ozark. That's an original series. Phenomenal show. If you haven't checked it out, if you're into kind of like a lot of those drug shows and stuff like that, this one's a very interesting take on, you know, it's fiction, but it's still a very interesting storyline that I thoroughly enjoyed. Season three was wonderful. It was pretty much already promised they're going to get a season four. So that's a good sign. Another one is Mindhunters. I want to say it was released at the beginning of 2020. I could be wrong. It was at the end of 2019, but I definitely watched it during 2020. That's another show. It's based on reality, especially what happened in the, the late 60s, or early 70s of like serial killers and so forth and it's like it goes into the mind of them it's a very psychological thriller type of show so i definitely wouldn't go in there fate at heart it's not a bloody show necessarily but it's just it really messes with your mind another standout for me is superstore on a light heart one of my favorite comedy shows that's out it's on nbc kind of like a spiritual successor to the office and parks and rec but it's not one of those like follow talking to a camera shows it's not one of those but it has a similar humor kind of how you have different characters you have two or three you follow throughout everything all the other characters get enough spotlight you kind of start having like the ones you like and you like enjoy their random story arcs typically you don't have to watch episode right after each other to follow like some long storyline you can just watch them as is you know the the show of the week kind of thing. Another one is Better Call Saul. That's the prequel to Breaking Bad. So if you ever watched Breaking Bad, which have either one of you seen Breaking Bad? I have not. Yes. Okay. Wow, Venture. You got to get on that. Got on. <laughs> yeah, you do. Great television. I asked so I've heard. It was one of the few shows that compete with Game of Thrones. Did it have a good final season? Whew. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Deep Bruh. cuts of Game of Thrones. Sorry, Game of Thrones fans. I had to watch cartoons after watching that last season of. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen but, bits and pieces on like YouTube and Instagram, like highlights, but I've never sat down to watch a full episode. I can see you enjoying it. Okay. And if you don't, that's all the more I would love to hear your opinion if you didn't enjoy it. Ooh. But Better Call Saul is a prequel series, and I think it's tight personally, in my opinion, to Breaking Bad 
for just different types of qualities, but it's phenomenal. They are going to have a season five coming out. It's either season five or season six. Five. Okay, season five. It's like either season five is going to have more episodes or it will have six seasons. I know that for sure that they're going to have more episodes than Breaking Bad did. It was kind of one of those things that they announced, but they won't go further than that, though. The one that came out for 2020 on Netflix is season four, I think. It's a series that's going on, and I definitely recommend it if you like Breaking Bad. You pretty much had to like the side characters and then also Saul. If you did, you'll definitely like the prequel series because it explores a lot of the characters, how they got to the point where Breaking Bad picks up. Umbrella Academy. I think we've all seen that in here. Mm-hmm. Yes, season two. Yeah, season two. And then the last one is Queen's Gambit, which that was a shocker of a show, uh, how good it was. I know it trended online heavily. They said like this is like the largest amount of searches for chess, learning how to play chess. It's kind of hilarious for me because it didn't motivate me to learn chess. It just made me respect the game more because I was more invested into the lead character versus the actual game of chess. Um, I think they did a really good balance on both sides. Like it doesn't feel like you spend a whole 40 minutes just staring at a chessboard. They do a good job of enticing you like, oh, wow, I didn't even know it's so much thought being put into playing chess you really feel like you know you're doing so many strategies you're you're almost pretty much playing war like that's what was kind of interesting is like to see a board game where you're actually like strategizing how to beat someone at war and something like that there's so many things of analogies in the show and stuff like that but ultimately i mean it's based off the book so it definitely does the book justice so that's definitely a high recommendation I have for everyone to watch. And that's pretty much mostly what I watched. And then I watched a bunch of Marvel 4K movies. That's why I didn't watch a lot of the newer movies. Ah, uh, yes. The Marvel 4Ks. I think Marvel does maybe one of the best jobs at rendering their movies in 4K. And even their older releases like Iron Man 1 in 4K looks fantastic. They've done a really good job at remastering their movies to 4K. Yeah. Have you seen Incredible Hulk remastered in 4K? No, I don't have the physical copy of that just due to I think there's some licensing issues between Universal Studios and Marvel. Even when you buy individual movies, it's harder to find the Incredible Hawk in like a 4K release. But I, I don't know if it's on Disney Plus or not. Which the Ellen on one? Yeah. I want to say that's on Disney Plus. If not, it's on Netflix. Right, because I know they were having some licensing issues with Universal after the fact it was made. Because I know it's not in some of the box sets, the Marvel box sets, due to that issue. Yeah, it's kind of like me and Regent was talking about it earlier about how certain releases of 4Ks are kind of like first generation and so forth. Mm -hmm. That's why I picked it up was because Best Buy was selling all of their first generation Marvel movies, 4K versions, because they were going to be re-released under like the Disney moniker. Mm -hmm. Kind of like we used to talk about Universal and so forth. So I got that copy, but it's still the 4K version of it. So Mm -hmm. it... It's the first generation of it, but yeah, I was very impressed, like what you're talking about. Like, even though it's an older movie before they were making the 4K disc, Blu-ray was still kind of like in its earlier stages of coming out. It's it's a great render, great film. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap this up? No, I'm good. Yeah, I think I've said all I need for entertainment of 2020. Alrighty, then we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Listeners, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate you. We hope you had a safe 2020. Stay safe, have fun, and most importantly, stay healthy and enjoy yourself. Again, thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Get money, fuck bitches.
<laughs> See girl baskets run. You broke me as I'm trying to hit stop recording. <laughs> Alright. Right. Bye. <laughs> this is staying in. This is staying in. I'll just put some music behind it. It'll be fine. It'll be nice and chill. Yeah. Right. Bye, Have a good time. Bye, 20. <laughs> we won't miss you.